Hi, I'm Nina Enderst. I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. In this episode, Anna and I discuss emotions. Take a seat, clear your mind, and let's chat. Hello. Hi. Do we have stories for you? We do. Are you ready to talk about it? I'll talk about it for a little bit. I think it's hard not to talk about it. May I dramatically set the scene for everyone and then you can take it from there? Oh, God. Sure. Okay. So I want to take everyone back about a week. You weren't with us, but we held you in our hearts (laughs) and we were trying to record an episode about emotions, which is what this one will be about. But you know what? We didn't know that we were also the protagonists of the story and we're recording. And I wouldn't say Nina is an impolite person, but, you know, as she said in her first episode, she's a bad bitch. So generally, if she needs something or something's going on, she can very clearly communicate that. So we're recording and she's like, oh, I got to move. I mean, everyone has ADD now, so I'm just like, fine. She's having an ADD moment. She's like moving around her home. I don't know what's happening. Then we have blue light glasses on. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I can't see out of one of my eyes. I think I need to stop recording. And I'm like, yeah. And I didn't know Nina in times of crisis would become exceedingly polite as if she was going to send me a letterpress engraved invitation to stop recording. I know I did become so you did. You became a little polite. kid and you became very polite, which is how you also know someone's scared. So yeah. I was like, okay, let me just be calm as well. Like, I have no idea what's happening, but I'm watching this and we're recording it. And she's like, I can't see out of one of my eyes. And I'm like, you're probably having an ocular migraine because, I mean, I'm a doctor now also. Not only am I a podcaster. She saw it on the internet. <laughs> I saw it on the internet once. But I also get ocular migraines. And so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one tells you this can be an utterly terrifying experience, you know? So that was where I was coming from. So then she's like, okay, okay, <laughs> let's try again. We start recording again, which I was like, this seems silly. And then he's like, and I really think I have to stop. Again, is being exceedingly polite. Like, I think I actually sent a follow-up message. She did, several. I mean, the politeness, I was like, the fuck is she doing? Guys, so I went to the ER. So from there, would you like to tell us what happened? <laughs> we finally stopped recording. We stopped recording. I was still really polite. And I went upstairs and I called my husband to come inside. And then I proceeded to have a really wild panic attack, which I'm not like a stranger to, but... Bragger. I, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Flex. Not my first one. <laughs> I kill it with the panic. First one was on a plane, bitch. <laughs> Thought I was going down. Not funny, very funny. No, no, it was it was literally terrifying. Oh, it's good to laugh. So I went to the ER because one of my clients, who I was also really played to, I was like, I have to cancel. I'm so sorry. And she was like, You need to go to the hospital. So I did and they rushed me in, which I was like, okay, this could be a good or really bad thing. But there were so many people in the ER and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah, because just in case every, anyone's forgotten or you're pretending like the pandemic is over, it's not. Yeah, there's still COVID. 
you know, where we are, we're seeing an uptick in cases, which Nina has been also nervous about. So yeah, I have a adding into it. I've also never it. left my child. Yeah. So the first yeah. time I leave him Layers. is to go to the emergency room. Thank God my mother was here. And so random. So or not. That's where, you know, it really helps to have faith in something. I'm like, my mom was here. There was a reason my mom was visiting, you know? So I just didn't want that reason to be that I was dying. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if she had like, to give notes, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm not okay with that. If any, whoever's listening to our podcast, God, you, not ready. So the ER people are like, we're going to move quickly. And I'm like, this is literally my worst nightmare. And they swoop me in. I get a CAT scan. My body's then like violently shaking. You guys, this definitely needs to come with a trauma warning. And my body's like violently shaking. My husband finds time to like make it like a rom-com. And he's like, you're so beautiful, even in the hospital. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, how? It was really sweet. (laughs) It was really sweet. It's so sweet. But also like, what are you doing? Get me a blanket. (laughs) Oh, I had like several. I had several. I was like, the warm blankets, give me more. So then there's like a woman screaming in the ER. And obviously like the ER is an incredibly traumatic place to be in general. And there's a woman like screaming, who's a doctor or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is good. But for the most part, everybody was like very nice and very helpful, which I was thrilled about. So they get the CAT scan. They're like, great news. You didn't have a stroke. Not so great news. You have a lesion on your brain. And I was like, um, sorry now. So then I like panic and I'm like, I have a son. If I had a dollar for every time I told people I had a kid as if that was going to save me from whatever <laughs> impending doom. I was like, I have a child. I need a blanket. I have a child. I need a charger. I have a child. I need to get, make sure this isn't a brain tumor. So they're like, we have to admit you. You have to get an MRI. You have to see a neurologist. For reference, y'all, Nina does not leave her home. So Never. I would say this is like truly the perfect storm of the shit she does not want to deal with. I mean, no one likes a hospital visit or medical crisis, but this is a real perfect storm or cross section of shit you hate. I'm still breastfeeding. So I'm like, how is my kid going to go to sleep tonight? He's never gone to sleep without me. He's never gone to sleep without breastfeeding. You know, I don't need another doctor to be like, children are resilient. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But I'm just like, thank God my husband's amazing, praying for the best. So he gets Milo to bed, thank God, which really is like a huge part of it for me. Like I would not have been able to relax at all if I didn't know he went to sleep. So anyway, next day I get an MRI and nothing on the MRI, but I have to wait like hours and talk to like many nurses, one of which was deeply disturbing, many of which, but one of them was like so amazing. And then started talking about her son in the military and was like, we had to leave because it was a gay military. And I was like, what? You can't say things like that. And also, please just step away (laughs) from me. (laughs) So she was lovely until that happened. And then I was like, "Uh, paging nurse, paging other nurse, paging any other (laughs) nurse. (laughs) Is there someone who's appropriate? Um, It doesn't bring up hot button topics. Yeah. Like the rights of others. Yeah. So that was awesome. But Dorothy was pretty great up until then. I mean, that's what I'll call her. Oh, she brought you out of the blankets. Like when I was talking to you, she brought you out of the blankets. Yeah, and then Dorothy took a turn. 
I won't tell you where I am, so you'll never know who she is. But (laughs) (laughs) for all those who wanted to try to find her. (laughs) Listen, you don't know how many people are amped up at Madison Square Garden, okay? It's true. It's true. Like the rabid fan base that we're cultivating, you never know. Nothing came back on the MRI, which I'm really happy about. But I'm now in the midst of like figuring out how to get a second opinion. Nobody will call me back. All this to say that, guys, emotions are running high. And yeah. we're going to talk about emotions in general, but that's what happened last time we tried to talk about emotions. <laughs> yeah. So if you never get an episode about emotions, like maybe we'll start a Patreon at one point and release this shit and you'll know why. But mm. we also, when Nina and I were finally able to talk that night when you're in the hospital, we really lost it at one point being like, the irony is not lost <laughs> Oh. It all melted down when it came to talk about emotions. So many. What are emotions? Tell me again. I'm going to. I'm so glad you asked because you know this bitch has a definition. Please give it to me. Emotions, a natural, instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. Instinctive or intuitive feeling as distinguished from reasoning or knowledge. And then that brought me to the, okay, what's a feeling? And feelings are an emotional state or reaction, mm-hmm. a belief, especially a vague or irrational one. We didn't care for that. <laughs> Sent that one back where it came. We didn't care for that. That felt a little touch of the gas ladies. <laughs> The capacity to experience the sense of touch sounds very sensual. That is sensual. Oh, that word. <laughs> a sensitivity to or intuitive understanding of. And I really liked that as well. But it's so uh, something I've been thinking about a lot. And I've been following a new therapist on Instagram, which I feel like a lot of them are only good for a little while and then they all kind of like get high on their supply and become weird but he's called your nonsense, and he had this really good thing it was interesting about like just because your feelings are valid doesn't mean your reactions are was like Mm -hmm. one of his things and then he had another one about feelings and it was really interesting like how wild people were going in the comments about it and I was thinking, I don't know about you, but I've been super emotional since the jump, like came to this earth, just like a naked lobster (laughs) with so many feelings. Oh my God. I mean, my mom is not a super feeling person, not in that like she's cold or whatever, but it was interesting actually, because when everything was going down with you, I was hugely fucking triggered, obviously. But was like, I'm okay. I'm going to take care of myself. Not everyone you care about and love dies, you know, but... I'm sorry. Well, no, it's not your fault. But it was like cool to actually be able to show up for you and take care of myself in that moment. You know, it'd be like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're doing what you're doing. There's nothing to react to yet. It's a scary moment. We'll take one thing, you know... Take Did you think thing. I was going to die? No. Rationally, okay. I know you're not. But, but you but just think everybody's going to die emotionally. Well, I think everyone's going to leave me. Right, right, right. It's more about that. So, but it also... Is this a bad time to tell you? (laughs) (laughs) 
anyway. it's all worth it for the snort laughs. Really. <laughs> I know. But it's Go funny on. though, like, but that's when also too, I lit the candle and prayed for you and called in the power of the dead dads. I was like, this is not acceptable. Like that's not happening. I mean, as if I have that kind of control, but I felt good about it. But then I was talking to my mom and my mom was like, wait, when did this happen? And I was like, last night, it was crazy. My mom held space for me. And she's Aww. like, oh my God, that must've been really upsetting. Were you super scared? And I was like, yes. Who's asking? <laughs> this is a trap, you know, because my mom, I, I mean, and we've had these interesting discussions lately where she's like, you just feel so much and think about things so much. Like I've always felt so ill-equipped to help you, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you didn't always need to help me. You just had to like not deny it, you know? And I'm curious for you, because you and I, I think have felt a lot of the same things, but what we did with it, I think was different. Like I think wanted to stay more under the radar and be a little bit more sneakier and you were like more outwardly rebellious, you know, I'm curious, like, did you really feel like your emotions were denied? And one, do you feel like you came to this earth very emotional Two, Do you feel like your emotions were denied? I feel like I came to this world so emotional, sensitive to everything and everyone. It really intuitive, you know, like I knew, yeah. My parents used to call me alien, which now has been co-opted by the fucking QAnon freaks. But alien as in not, I'm an actual alien. This isn't where I come out with my bone structure. And, <laughs> okay. It's, it looks sick. I, I it mean. It, do I look different or am I just an alien? And I was so deeply sensitive that I would be kind of talking to dead people sometimes. Like people I knew. But I felt sad when anybody was sad you know I think sadness was the, really the first time that I realized like seeing or knowing somebody else was sad when my grandfather died and everybody was you know at the funeral and crying and all I wanted to do was help like I wasn't really sad because I apparently was like you can talk to him and went to my room and did that at three which now picturing my son I'm like if he was talking to dead people I'd be proud and freaked out and Denied, though, yes. It was almost like people would, like, pick and choose when it was a good thing and when it was not. Oh, like it, 100%. <laughs> you know, it's, like, yes. convenient for you, you're amazing. Not convenient for you, stop. Yep. I'm familiar with that dance. Yeah. That really threw me off and still throws me off, which is why I have a hard time saying how I feel. And I just started going, which Anna knows, to therapy because I've tried therapy a lot. Like, I've never you know, been against it, but I've just never, it's never really done it for me. The people haven't been a good fit, blah, blah, blah. Have you tried it as an adult? I didn't, I wasn't clear on that. Yeah. I knew you had tried yeah. as a kid. I didn't know if you had tried as an adult yeah, or teenager or whatever. I knew young. At all stages. <laughs> at all st At all stages. Maybe again, she'll try as a crone. And But I'm going know. and I'm going to keep trying because I think it's important for me to talk to somebody I don't know about or to anybody about how I feel, you know, and I think that's a huge source of my personal anxiety, which I have a lot of, which I think is important to talk about too, because it's like the advice I'm getting or the articles I'm reading of like, how to kick anxiety, you know, it's like hilarious. I'm like, oh, well, I made a career out of it. So check. Yeah. I don't eat anything that's bad for me. Check. I meditate, check. I'm exercise, check. I like, sometimes you just need all of the things and also like something you haven't tried. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think for me with therapy, like what was super duper helpful besides all of it was 
realizing so much of my anxiety came from like my fear around like not being heard, like my feelings. I was holding way too much. I wasn't communicating enough. You know, I wasn't asking for what I needed and I wasn't just sharing how I was feeling. And so it just constantly fed this anxiety. This isn't quite right, but like, I'm not going to get what I need or like, I'm not going to be taken care of. Like that isn't it fully, but like, I just felt all this anxiety and it was like, also I was taking a lot of care of other people. So it was this merry-go-round, you know, of constantly putting myself out for other people, but then like not taking care of myself, you know, in that emotionally, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of it. Right. When we're like, especially as women, we're taught to take care of everybody else. And there's not typically a lot of room left for us unless we demand it. And even then, you know, there's not a lot. So if you don't learn that, which I don't think many of us do male or female, how to take up space with your emotions, you don't do it. And then it becomes like a way of being. And then it manifests in so many different ways for people, right? Like, I'm curious what you think. And I'd like to talk to you about what you brought up earlier, which was the difference between having an emotion and the reaction. And I think so often we hold the emotion, I know I do, to the point where maybe I'll process it on my own or I think I do or whatever. But if I'm holding something, eventually the reaction is like not what I want it to be. And I don't get angry anymore. Like I don't yell, although sometimes I'll get like pissed about a phone call or whatever. But it's like, how do you feel? What's a good practice, I guess, for like letting the emotion come in, feeling the emotion and then doing something with the emotion before you have a reaction? Well, I would say this is something I've been actively working on in therapy. So I'm pumped to talk about it. I've been holla. Holla. It's funny. Nina and I like try not to be annoying about like, oh my God, we're like so intuitive. But it is funny. Yeah. But it is funny. She's like, hey, I was going to hop into the recording earlier. I was like, I'm already there. See you in a second. And then like right now, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. This is like something I feel really strongly about because I would say I've been working on it for about two years. No joke. And I'm starting to feel a sense of like, I know what the fuck is up. Like for me, not that I have any mastery, not that I'm like, oh, my God, I've got this. I'm going to tell you right now. But I started to realize how often I would make a mess or okay, I'm going to walk it back. I used to feel a tremendous amount of shame. Just period. Because I was so often told what I felt was wrong. Either I had misread it or you're taking it personally. Like I was always just sort of told that I was wrong. You're too sensitive. You're too this. So I had a really hard time just validating my own reality. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important with any emotions to realize they're valid. You're allowed to validate your reality. It's not about right or wrong. And that's the moment for me to pause in. Okay, like something's happened. I'm angry. When I feel the emotion is not the time to react. Mm -hmm. I've learned now when I take action from the initial reaction, I generally don't feel amazing about it. That's when I can lash out or that's when I shut down a variety of things, you know, but it's usually not 
ultimately what I want. And I'm not even talking about like my higher self. That bitch is like <laughs> on an island somewhere most of the time. <laughs> I'm not even talking like as a spiritual person, I'm trying to hold space. I we're, mean, like, we're never talking like that. Even no. though everything we're talking about is, yeah. is inherently spiritual. We're never talking yeah. like that. Mm-mm. I'm talking about human goblin. Me. Get a vaccine. <laughs> Get a vaccine. You're not an alien. <laughs> this is, this is oh mind my control. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to learn. I also think that because I was like really dismissed, I would almost double down on reactions that when people would be like, I just have like vivid moments of, you know, like getting a text and being with a friend and then being like, don't respond. Like, don't. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to respond. You know, I felt a lot like a pinball machine, you know, and I was just bouncing off different things. So I realized, okay, why am I doing that? And I realized a big thing for me is it was so uncomfortable to sit in my feelings and sit in the emotion. And I had to start sort of sifting. And I use a visualization technique where I hold my feeling in one hand and I hold my reaction in the other. And I go like, until they've sort of calmed down and I know which is which, I'm not taking action. I love that. That's really helped me because I feel validated. I'm seeing myself. I'm affirming to myself, like, I'm on your side. We will take action. Like, this will not stand. However, we may not want to go about it this way. Because how many times have I said to you, like, fuck this, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, cool email. That was nice. Because you knew I just had to get it out of my system, sit with it, and then I could be calm. Yeah. I'm glad I learned. Well, I just knew kind of instantly, like after two minutes of knowing you, let's just braid her hair and let her come back to this later. You know? (laughs) (laughs) True. It's true. I'll wear myself out, but I need to like do a circle. I need to do a lap. Exactly. And I think that is the power of supporting each other without making it personal, right? Yeah. And I don't really need anything in those moments, to be honest. I don't need anyone to agree with me. I don't need like, and I think that like where I used to go wrong all the time is like, you know, like say a friend had done something shitty, you know, or disappointing or something. I would go like, Nina, like my friend someone did that, me, 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 and I would need you to validate it so badly. And I don't think I realized like. Mm-hmm. That just that they wouldn't feel good, even if you were like, "Yeah, that was the worst thing ever." Like, I didn't really feel better, you no, know. Like, never, no, never. You know, like, I don't know. It was like I would feed it, but like, didn't know how to dissipate it. But I think because so often my feelings have been sort of taken from me, or I felt like I'm on my own. Like, I need to cope with this, or I need, you know, like I had so much shit happen to me really young that I really didn't get the care I needed to process it. So I think so often, too, I would feel this increased anxiety when things would happen, or I would have emotions, you know, of like, oh, fuck, now there's even more to deal with, you know, and I felt, I think, really alone in it. So I think that was also part of why I always wanted to drag somebody else in. And didn't realize like, oh, it doesn't work. No, and then you also become like emotionally messy. Yes. Like to other people, which is shitty and it feels shitty. And then you have to like go clean up your mess, you know, and be like, sorry about that time I I did that thing and threw the plates. I mean, whatever it is, you know. Well, it's also like I've been thinking about this a lot and I'd be curious what your take is on it. But I think sometimes too, when you are either kind of like in a healing crisis or really beginning to sort of go, huh, I got some stuff that you also become 
it's a controversial word. You become narcissistic. Oh my God. I was a total dick for a while. You know, like I couldn't see, I remember my friend getting really upset with me, which I'm still like, whatever, but kind (laughs) of. (laughs) (laughs) So like, whatever. So funny. No, no, I don't understand because what I think she was saying was not actually about that thing. Yes. She was upset with me that I didn't give her a card for something. Okay. But I am forgetful like that anyway. I'm the friend you call in a crisis. I'm the friend that was helping her that very night. And I won't go into detail with something emotional, like very emotional. So on this night, I'm helping her through this emotional thing. And then she got really upset with me because I didn't, and didn't talk to me for a long time because I didn't give her a card on her wedding day. So that's the thing too that I thought was really interesting about your die nonsense is that I think like where we all get caught up is like you hurt me therefore I'm justified to hurt you you know in terms of reaction. I had a realization around my mom recently and that she I hope your mom never listens to this she asked recently, she's like, is the podcast out? And I was like, it's probably you best you don't listen you to it. You literally can't. She literally can't listen to it. She could. I mean, I don't think any of this would surprise her, to be honest. I mean, I've said okay, a lot okay. of it to her. Okay. So I just like, I'm the star, Anna. It's true. She would like that, I think. <laughs> okay, great. Good talk. But, <laughs> you know, I think anything I say, quote unquote, behind someone's back, I try the best I can to have said it to their face first. So Same. in the case of my mom... I had a birthday a couple of weeks ago and she was out of town and she texted me early in the morning, like happy birthday. And I kept being like, Oh, I'm sure she'll call. And at first, you know, I was tempted to sort of get in my feelings about that. But then I was like, she left presents for you in your room. She hit a cake and like made Ed do it. And I was like, I have no fucking clue what to do with this cake. You know, like she was this little birthday mouse that I could see the evidence of her care and love, like all over. And one of the funniest things too was on the tag she had said like I may not be here for this one but I was there when it counted which I thought was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever read it's so my mom that I kept it like of all my presents and stuff I was like this is maybe the funniest thing you know and I talked to her about it and I said it's so interesting to me that like I'm glad wherever I'm at in my own healing shit that I'm able to see what you did versus only being focused on what you didn't. Yeah. I want to feel like obviously loved by my mom on my birthday. I did. She did that. She accomplished it. You know, like I can't get hung up on you didn't call me. And I find that really interesting sometimes with friends and stuff where you're like, hey, you're right. I did forget a card. I'm sorry. I didn't know that meant something to you. But I showed up in this other way. And it's interesting to me when we can't see that, when we're so in our feelings or so like we forget also that like we've attached meanings to these things, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that story, that story that we've talked about that I think about all the time, because, you know, I know that I've been too focused on myself in my twenties. Like emotionally, I was so unregulated that, you know, I'd be like, I mean, I I was really supportive as a friend, but like there were some things that I just, once I was spinning out in an emotion, it was hard to like not be an asshole in some way. And like kind of, it was a tornado a bit, right? Like I'd call people, I'd sweep them into something that they had did not need to be involved in when I like really needed actual 
mental support or yeah. mental health support and or my own internal dialogue, which I just refused to listen to for nope. so long on so many things that I'd be like, no, I'm going to call blah, 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 and be like, hey, can you move into that? And, blah, blah. and I was just using all of my energy for and my voice to say things over and over again that I just, it did not help in the least. It actually made things feel worse. So when I started listening to myself, which was an exciting day and still (laughs) working on it, I was like, Oh, I don't need to call anybody (laughs) ever. And then I kind of swung to the other (laughs) extreme (laughs) where I'm like, I'm not going to talk to anybody ever about anything And now it's really hard for me and I'm kind of just coming out of emotionally opening up to people at all because it's hard. It is hard. And I'm now, because this is what we do for work, I'm so used to being like the space holder that I, that I don't want to do that with my friends. Yeah. And then I'm like, are you my friend or are you just, should you actually be a client? And then it's like, that's confusing, you know, and then I don't want to open up to people. And it's just all like a learning. Well, you've got trust stuff. I mean, I do too. That's, I'm what? not saying it like you. <laughs> I'm not saying it like Wait, you. I'm, I'm interested. To, I'm interested to hear what you mean by that. We have trust stuff. Oh, like I, humans? Well, yeah. yeah. Me, yeah. But I think you and I specifically have trust stuff. So I think that's why I can also navigate it with you because I'm like, oh, yes, I too am familiar with this dance. Yeah, I do have trust stuff. It's hard to let people in. And it's hard, I think, as you get older and are like, it's so difficult. I mean, it's it's funny, like doing this podcast, like helped me in a lot of ways. Of, I come back to that, the one we did about like beginner mindset and thinking about that and how hard it is as you get older to like open up and go, this may not go the way it has before. I mean, and that's something you and I have talked about in a lot of ways. It's like funny, Nina and I will talk about, you would think that we're in a relationship. I mean, we are in a relationship, but you would think that we were like doing sex because we're like, it's just never been like this before, you know, but I'm proud of us that we took the leap because I do think we were both people who want to be open, but ultimately like, we're not crazy. We've been let down by a lot of people, you know, like are you psychically in tune because I was thinking about this today about how I'm so glad we're doing this podcast. And also it's giving me a lot of anxiety just the last couple of days, not this, but I'm like, oh shit, I'm like really stepping into something. Uh-huh. That did I tell you I've been weeping at therapy every week consistently? No, but yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lots of feelings. I mean, yeah, lots of feelings, lots of emotions. And I'm having a lot of emotions about relaunching our site yep. and this podcast. And I'm really starting to like dwindle down some clients, not because I don't love what I do, but because I'm ready to step into this stuff more fully and we need balance in our lives. So there's a lot of transition. My kid's turning four in a couple months. He's He's like a kid. Today I was like, fucking kind. I literally said that about a doctor and he was like, oh, mommy, it's okay. And started patting my back. And I I love, please, please don't repeat is I have lots of audio notes of him chiming in and his cutie little baby voice going, fucking people. (laughs) And it's the best.
but it's overwhelming. I think that that's been something that's been really eye opening for me. And I talk about in therapy at least once a week, if not every other week of the duality, the duality of nothing's bad. Also on the flip side, Nina is rich with parents. She has both of hers and I'm down one, which I know I've mentioned already a thousand times on this podcast, which I do feel a little bit self-conscious about. But no, you can mention your dead dad as many times as you like. <laughs> Thank you. That's one of the Thank gifts you. of having a dead parent is Thank you, you. Can talk Thank about you. it whenever you want. But I've been doing a weekly thing with Jordan Sandler and Bridget Bedore on Clubhouse Dead Parents Club. And on the one hand, I feel like I can step back and kind of look at my timeline and look at how things have been unfolding. And it makes a tremendous amount of sense to me that like you and I were like, let's do it. And then like not that long after that, I started doing DPC. And then not that long after that, I was in my writing group. So I've been doing all this group work and like Mm -hmm. really getting pushed further and further out of my own comfort zones of just like being really authentic and it's changed. Like it made me start realizing too and calling myself out with on my own bullshit of realizing how often I would default to like teacher, you know, poorly trained therapist or, you know, intuitive healer mode or whatever versus just being fucking honest with the people in my life of like that hurt my feelings or I'm stressed out right now or da 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 da. Yeah. I realized I was always putting this barrier or I mean, obviously, like, I don't want to think that I'm like engaging in toxic, like power dynamics or control dynamics or whatever, but we all do. We all are. And it was like weird to be like, oh, I'm doing everything in my power. It was like kind of humbling to become how unaware I was of some of this stuff. And I was like talking to my therapist about grief recently and saying like, it's never like I thought my father dying suddenly when I was a teenager didn't affect me, you know, but it it felt like it was so massive. I didn't even know how to articulate it. I didn't have words. I did. And she was like, that's what happens sometimes. Like it takes that long. And I said to her, I was like, I'm really, so I, yeah, this will be, we'll have announced. So we're doing another podcast. I'm not because my parents are alive. Yeah, Nina's not not. because her parents are alive. Uh, JK, Nina, of course, myself will be like EPing it, but it will be myself, Jordan, and Bridget are going to be doing a podcast about grief and parental loss and all of that. We're still kind of figuring out what it is, so I'm not going to talk a ton about it, but it's like making me obviously think about these things. So last week in DPC, I said, you know, it's not like a thing that happened. Like it's a lifestyle. You're never able to unravel it from yourself or your story. And I said to my therapist, because like, so when we started doing DPC, and I think also just like partnering with you, like, it was just very like activating for me, like a lot of stuff started to come to the surface. And I was like, Oh, shit, like, what a gift and being shown these things like they're ready for healing or they're or whatever, who knows. But I think so much of it was me getting so secure and like who I am and what my experience has been to like not let anyone tell me it's been anything different. And someone recently when I said like dead parents club was like, whoa, that's harsh. And I was like, are your parents living or dead? And they're like living. I go, exactly. It's not for you. Are you kidding me? Someone said that to you? All the time. It's always people with living parents. Why? Because the word dead? Yep. And I'm like, guess what's real harsh? Death. Parents who've passed on. Exactly. And you'll notice like you want me to make it light for you because you don't want to handle the emotion. Exactly. How it works, baby boo. And it was interesting, like with our podcast goddess Lauren, like it was interesting even having the initial kickoff call with her. I said, like, a big thing for us, like something we feel really strongly about is like 
this is a space safe for people who have experienced this loss, like to freely discuss it, that you're not managing how you're talking about it or anybody else's like reaction to your story. And Mm -hmm. that's been a big thing about DBC is it's like this shortcut. We all are people who understand like no matter where you're at in that space, you know, if it was a month ago or it was 30 years ago, like we get it. But it's made me think about like, it's interesting to me, like that feels really good. It's felt really healing. It's giving me healing. I didn't know I needed my, you know, father died a very long time ago. So it's like come as a surprise to me. And it's been really inspiring. I think you are 40, but yeah, I mean, I mean, not very long. I mean, he's like, you were a teenager. Not that I ever, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, hear it you. is what it is to a certain degree. Like, and that's been an educational. These things are never done. They're never over. Like the wounds never heal up and then you can't tell that there's a scar. Like you no. just get better at it and you just know better how to like take care of yourself in it. But like something I've been thinking about too is this space of DPC has been great for me in a lot of ways and activating, but also like, I don't know if you experience this a lot of like when people, like if you were telling a friend about what just happened to you, like I had this really scary thing and they're like, Oh my God, Sam, I had an ingrown toenail and you're like, that's not the same. And like, Anna, can I, can I please answer your question? (laughs) This is why I don't talk about things. (laughs) (laughs) But like, where's the line between like, it feels good. Something I've been tasking myself with is like, even if I have experience in what someone's talking about or something, the first thing I do before I offer that or talk about that is I affirm their experience. You have to, you just have to everybody listening emotionally, please try to do that. It is a game changing behavior. Well, and what's interesting is like, I had a friend who was really bad about it and it was like, it may have ended our friendship, to be honest. I think I got to a point where I was just like, I cannot, because I did flag it and it didn't change. But I asked my therapist, I was like, the fuck is that? Like, what is it? Like, what makes us do it? Because I'm always like, if I can understand it, then maybe I can shift how I feel about it. Does it work? And she's like, it's seeking connection. People are doing that to try to seek and forge connection. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was like, well, don't do it, you know? So I would offer, if you find that you often are trying to like, as a sign of connection, you know, say like me too, maybe don't because it actually breeds disconnection. It's giving you the opposite of what you're seeking. Yes, it is. And I've had that experience many times and it sucks, you know? And also like, let's talk about healthy emotional connections now that we're talking about how to not do it and we've all done it, but how not to do it. I feel like emotionally connecting with someone in a healthy way takes a lot of inner work <laughs> yeah, and a lot of constant. And I know that sounds like not fun, but constant inspection almost like what's happening here. Let me take a step back. Let me pause because let's talk about marriage for just a second, right? All of these, all well, 50% of marriage is under divorce, which like, yeah, I fucking believe it. But if you're in a marriage with somebody which I personally am, who I love more than anybody other than my baby, obviously. It still is like you decide something about someone and emotionally connect with something at the beginning or even yesterday that is different than today. So it takes like constant, you know, interpretation and emotional maturity to be like, well, maybe I got this wrong or maybe I need to just listen right now and not talk. I mean, don't you feel like that's half the battle sometimes? Yeah. 
Well, like I, just not been, talking. This well, yeah, and or asking questions, asking questions too. Yeah, that's been something. Like, I feel like that's like something we can do. Almost, but asking questions, it's easy when you, but you have to listen to the answer. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine was doing something that I was like, first getting really riled up about and then was like, what do you care? Like, what do you care? It's not your life. You know, like, why are you all riled up about this? And I realized like part of what was riling me up was I didn't understand it. What she was doing in her life. Yeah. And I mean, choices she was making. Okay. Yeah. And not that, I mean, like, it's not about me. But I'm just in the context of emotion saying, yeah, what no, shifted helpful. immediately for me was when I just said to her, hey, just curious, why are you going at it like this? Or I didn't say it like that because that would imply she was going at it incorrectly. I think I said, this feels like a departure for you. Like, I'm just curious. I've said it essentially like, right, like what's I don't feel up? like. Uh, yeah, like, I don't feel like I'm caught up in your life. What's up? Like, this feels different for you kind of thing. Yeah. And it was actually really good and led to like a really good conversation. And I was like, huh, how interesting. Something I'm curious about with marriage is like, I'm like I'm a marriage under- expert. <laughs> I'm I'm a low-key ma- marriage expert. No, yep. I'm kind of low-key commitment phobic because... Yes, no, you're not low-key. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah true okay, okay. i'm proudly but, not proudly like, i am like, openly yes <laughs> wow <Pets>. sorry <laughs> man <laughs> you can't get away with shit here that was uh, man i'm gonna need to go to the hospital for third degree burns after that roast um I just wanted to say that. I felt like very Joe Rogan. I'm on a different podcast now. Oh my God, no. He's like the devil. (laughs) So I find it interesting because when your husband, I don't want to say his name in case you want to keep him private. His name is Way. (laughs) He lives at, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you tell on your people. If he's changing or being different, does that make you uncomfortable? No, I love it actually because he's like the steadiest man yeah. I've ever met, person. Meaning that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I can trust him forever. So whatever he changes around that, I don't give a shit. Got it. I'm like, cool. Like, Do you, babe? You know, but because I know that he will have my back no matter what. I know that he cares about our family. At first and foremost. So anything else that changes outside of that is like cool with me. Right. Uh, the track record is there. So it's not yeah. threatening to Every you. Every day. He's yeah. never given me a, a reason not to trust him. You know, we've been through shit as far as like both of us. I don't think he'd mind me saying this. I hope not. <laughs> but I mean, he's an artist, so it's kind of implied. We both have like emotional kind of, I don't want to say episodes, but we both are deep feelers is what I'm going to say. Yeah. So we process those emotions very differently. He like, he works, you know, mm-hmm. and I do too, but I also like need to go to bed or whatever. You know, he likes to be at his studio. When I was curious about that, actually, if he was working at night. Yeah, he likes to work at night. He comes in a lot and we like watch the voice with headphones on while our baby's next to us and our dog. It's hilarious. We like whisper talk, but he (laughs) likes to work at night because he's always around during the day and, you know, whatever. But we emotionally handle things very differently, even though we feel very similar about a lot of things. I mean, he'll see like a plastic bottle and like be so upset. Like any, like those kind of things 
can like, let alone like someone getting hurt, like could really rip him apart internally. But it was interesting while we were in the hospital, like he was so steady and I knew he was terrified, you know? And like, I asked him when it was over, I'm like, were you scared? He's like, I was fucking terrified. I was fucking terrified. But he was so steady, you know? And it just showed me again, thank God. Thank God. Because I had this image of this ex-boyfriend who, oh my God, it would be really fun if he was listening to this part. When I used to go to the ICU for treatments for Crohn's, he like walked me. He was like, I'm going to come with you. And it was like very obviously about him and like his like moment to like be a good boyfriend. And he like walks me into the door of the ICU and he sees people, you know, cancer patients. And he's like, I can't do this. And he leaves me there. And I was like, you are such a loser. Yeah. So my husband is like the complete opposite. So to your question, no, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. So granted, I did experience a lot of trauma, I would say, under the age of like 18, you know, like a lot. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of continued. I still had some other shit happen. I think I would still be an empathetic person or like not a total goblin like without that trauma like I think it's made me take too much care for other people's feelings I think I've had to learn like I've had to learn a different lesson of like boundaries and not taking things on board and like how to witness and those sort of things and I think sometimes too also being intuitive is really hard because it's like people be telling me something and I'm picking up on something and I don't know what it is are they lying to me? And it's like, no, they're lying to themselves. You know, like it's really hard on your body too. Yeah. And can be, it's really like, I've come to a real place in my life. I've had so many things happen to me that made people really uncomfortable. You know, I've had abuse. I've had a parent diet. I've had cancer. I've had a lot of experiences that people are like, you have all the things that people don't want to talk about. It's so true. Like for real. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about all of them cancer, but I had cervical cancer. So I also had to talk about my vagina all the time, which like wasn't high on my list at that time, you know, or I mean, ever like, I'm not really always trying to be like, should we reference my vagina passively in a way? But (laughs) it just was, I mean, at the time it was so mortifying when people are like, what kind? And I'm like, cervical. They're like, Oh, especially men too, who were like, what's, I don't know what that is. I'm like, it's part of the part of the vaginal canal. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's rap about it. (laughs) First of all, it's so, so deeply depressing. That they that didn't know. don't know what a the layers is. The I layers. Mean, the layers. Like, if you told me you had, like, testicular cancer, I wouldn't be like, oh, what's that? What's a do, we, do you know how many times I've told my kid what a vagina is? Like, he needs to know that this is a vagina. <laughs> That's going to be part of his therapy. He's like, she <laughs> no, just brought like it up that. all the time. <laughs> I just, he asked. He's like, does that person have a vagina? Does I love this person it. have a penis? But anyway. I love little kid questions. Like, it's, they're the, the most. They're, why? Why? <laughs> It just cracks me up. But I think Dead Parents Club, like a lot of things. I think what we've been doing with Soul and like getting clear on like, what are we doing? (laughs) What do we want to do? You know, I'm like, if I feel like I've never been as like jacked up until in my life until now of like, I'm so over people who are feeling and like trying to be good people, whatever that means, like to themselves and to their loved ones and the people in their lives. Like, getting disregarded or told that that's not important or they're weak, the association of emotions Mm. and weakness makes me crazy. And well, I shouldn't even use that word crazy. 
Because I'm like, look at most of the greatness in our world. For me, like what makes life worth living is not money. It's what I've felt with other people. It's like when I've like cried laughing with somebody, it's art I've seen. It's a performance I've shared. Those are the things that have made me feel the most alive. When I'm emotional is when I do feel the most alive. How the fuck are we disregarding that? How are we saying that that's a sign of weakness? I feel like we should just drop the mic now. <laughs> I just feel like we've gotten so lost. And so well, yeah, it's feeling it's so, so good true. to me to be so loud, you know, and like for me, it started a bit. It's been interesting for me because when I first started doing DPC, like I shared this with you, that that my mom was like, I don't gotta. It's going to keep you from moving on. And I was like, I'm 40. Like what's moving on in this context? You know, like he'll never not be dead. Like what is moving on, you know? And it's really opened up her and it's really opened up that we are able to have very different conversations. And I think some of it for me was that I felt the irritation. Like it was, was it irritating? She doesn't understand that this is like a big thing that happened to me in my life. Yes. But do I need her to validate it? No. And I was very open when I started doing TPC that I had no idea why I was doing it. I was like, I'm just going for the ride. I feel called to do it. I really like the women who are asking me to be involved. It's an hour a week. Whatevs. Let me see what happens. And then it's felt really good. And it's felt really in alignment with the other work I'm doing and the way I'm even like pivoting my career a bit of just like, I really want to be in service of people who are trying to figure out what to do with the way they feel and to yeah. feel better, you know, but it's now brought up for me this rage I feel about the denial of feelings, the dismissal of feelings, the exploitation of feelings, you know, it's like this new, I thought, I, I think, I think with anything that like, I'll get to some point where I just feel neutral about it. And it turns out that's a lie. <laughs> turns out rage is the answer. I feel the same. And I think one of the things that we could leave you all with for our episode one of a trillion in regards to emotions is that nothing is too much. You are okay and absolutely entitled to feel however you want to feel. Now to do with that is something else, right? Like to react, to speak to somebody else about it is kind of like step two to like go outward. We have to be comfortable, you know, sitting with it first, I think. Yeah. Like feeling a lot is not a license to wild out. No. And I think it's also not an invitation to shut down, right? Yes. Like you don't mm -hmm. need to shut down and you don't need to wild out. Like you can and will find a middle ground, but it is a lifelong process. And I was thinking about this today where I was like, oh my God, am I healing again? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I think you are. I, I'm like so done healing. And then I'm like, Nina, you signed up for this shit and you made it your mission and your job and your life, <laughs> bitch. Like, yes. get over it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And I felt though for a moment really triggered, honestly, by the things that have happened to me in the past medically where like nobody was taking care of me and nobody was calling me back and people oh my still God. aren't calling I me back. Imagine. And it's really hard to be like, this is so hard for me to do, to ask for help, to be like, I need you to see me. I need you to make sure that I'm okay. I need you to make sure that I'm going to be okay. And for people to be like, sorry, we missed your call. We'll call you back. Never. Goodbye. And you're like, okay, all right. And my emotional 
health is the most important right now and always, but I have to be okay with, and I encourage everyone to also be, you know, invite yourself to be okay with like the stages of healing. And also just because you were good at something yesterday doesn't mean you're going to be good at it today. (laughs) And it's okay to be like, you know what, I'm having a panic attack right now, or I'm feeling really sad, or I'm feeling really this, or I'm feeling really that and sit down or change your environment or whatever you need to do to soothe that doesn't involve, you know, hurting anybody. (laughs) Yeah, preferably don't hurt anyone. But if you like having a panic attack or having a good weep in therapy or having really big, big, big feelings, there's no point deduction. That doesn't mean you're not doing your work. That doesn't mean you're not being an adult. It doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't, you know, and means you're feeling. It just means you're feeling. And I lived very outside my body for a long time. So when I first started being more embodied, I felt feelings really acutely. So I would offer that to someone as well, that if if you're coming back into your body, if you're coming back into allowing your experience, or if you've maybe been numbing your feelings in the past, like a variety of ways I had via substances and definitely with like eating disorder shit. So if you're coming back, it can be really overwhelming. And I would offer that it will get better. You'll build up like a tolerance. You'll realize that like not every time you feel something isn't necessarily negative. It just will dial down. So if you're in that process as well, I remember it so vividly and it was like a code red every time I felt something. And some of it was just because I forgot what feelings felt like. And if you can just learn, the biggest piece of advice I would offer is like if you can start to learn to just feel how you feel without making yourself justify it, build a case for it, judge it, but just be like, and I find sometimes what helps me is saying it aloud where I'll be like, I am angry. I am sad. Just helps me. You know, there's another therapist I like on Instagram and she says like, feel, heal, deal, you know? And that's the thing. Like most of us avoid how we're feeling and then wonder why we're not healing anything and like seeing any progress in and our then lives. How can we be dealing? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. So if you can just start, I think a lot of people, I would guess more people have been told the way they felt is wrong or they didn't have the space for it or they weren't cared for in some way. So that maybe set off the chain of denying feelings. If you can just start to give yourself permission to just feel however you feel in that moment and trust that it's temporary. You won't feel that way forever and you don't have to make a big case for it that you can literally just be sad and that's okay. You know, that will start to already change things. Cause if you want to know like, how do I get a better job? You need to know how you feel. We all want to make these changes or grow or whatever, but we don't know how the fuck we feel. So we'll do more episodes. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll talk about feelings forever because we have to go now. We do. Yeah. But we're so happy you came back. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you all. We'll see you soon. That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in submitting a topic or want to submit a question for our advice episode, please join our membership community at howtobehumanpod.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, we're guides, not gurus.